This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Father Paul Rutten. And we're broadcasting today from St. Mary's Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. If you've missed any of our great conversations, you can always tune in to realpresenceradio.com and check out the podcast. I'm not sure when they go up, either in the afternoon or the next day. Yeah, I don't know either. I just have it. I'm just subscribed to it, so they just show up on my phone. Nice. So I don't ever pay any attention to when they actually show up. Right. I just have a list of things to listen to. Hmm, love it. So, so you're going to go back and listen to yourself? Nope. So I don't do that. With our re- no, I don't, <laughs> I don't do that. either. I just like, nope. I, I, I heard it the first time. That was good. <laughs> So during the break, I asked you one of the questions um, because I have friends that go to St. Mary's. Ooh. I'm a Christ the King parishioner myself. Come on over. Cross Minnesota. Heck no. No, no, I know. <laughs> Father Samson's a good guy. Father Matson. Father Matson. Yeah, you guys got it going on over we there. We have it going on. Father Thuringer. I know. I know. Oh, yeah. You got like, yeah, you got all the priests. <laughs> we got all What priest shortage? <laughs> but I heard that you do a little thing called Now You Know. I do. So way back when, when I was at the Newman Center at SDSU, I found that college students have all kinds of questions. They always ask questions, which is good. I, I mean, I, I love asking people asking questions and answering them and whatnot. And I discovered that there's so many things we do as Catholics, whether it's in the liturgy or just in general, that we just don't know why we do them. You know, so you bring a friend and they're like, why, why did you just do that? Mm-hmm. You know, you genuflect or why did you make the sign of the cross in your head? And, you know, well, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, they, we don't know. We just do it, you know? So yeah. I just would take just, you know, maybe two minutes at the most at the end of Mass. And I would just say, you know, you may wonder, why do we make the sign of the cross on our forehead and the, on our lips and then on our chest before the gospel? Uh, and then I explain it. And then at the end of it, I say, and, and now you know. And now you know. And then we end Mass uh, with, with that. Uh, and... You know, then what I find is people have questions and they start to begin to ask them. Uh, people begin to want to, to see if they know the answer before. So when I say the ah. thing, then they're like, they'll come up, Father, I knew that one. I knew that before you told us. I know that one. You have buzzers uh, in the pews. Right. And then kids are like coming up after mass and then they got a question. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, next week when you come to church, I'll answer it. Really? So I won't answer it there. I make them come to church. Uh, and then I'm like, next week. Or I'm like, well, we've got a couple ahead of you. So in about a month, I'll get to that one. Because uh, I have over, I mean, like it's endless. I, I have it on my phone. And I have, I'm on year two here. Mm-hmm. I have over two and a half years worth no of kidding. stuff about our Catholic faith. So I did it again then when I went to Watertown uh, as well. And you just kind of answer it. Um, at first, <laughs> it's kind of cheesy. It probably is kind of cheesy. No. Um, but someone had said, my Protestant friend at work asks every Monday what we learned at church. And I'm like, what? And yeah, she's like, because like the first couple, I was like so amazed. I was like, I went to work on Monday and I'm like, you wouldn't believe what I learned at church yesterday. Did you, did you know this is why Catholics? So, so she's like, my Protestant friend wants to know. Uh, and so I figured, well, what, whatever, yeah. you know, so we'll keep doing it. So sometimes it's basic stuff. Sometimes it's interesting stuff. Well, because um, everything we do in the mass, right? I mean, there's a reason for everything. everything. Um, yeah, and sometimes, what's, what's the most oddball <laughs> left field question you've gotten? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I don't know the most oddball one. 
I think the hardest, not the hardest, but the one that really sort of as Americans we struggle with is the idea of relics in our altar. Oh. So the concept that there's a piece of a saint in the altar. And they're like, that's weird. <laughs> um, but we know that from the beginning of Christianity, they built altars over the top of the tombs of the saints. Mm-hmm. Like we've wanted to be close to the saints from mm-hmm. the beginning. And so it just, we as Americans, we just, it, it weirds us out. And it out. is hard to explain to a Protestant. Very hard to explain to a Protestant. They're like, you mean you have a dead person laying there? And I'm like, well, well just no, a piece. just a piece. But you go to Europe and it's a glass case and they're laying there you can see it. and you're like, there's a dead person underneath that altar. And it's like, yeah. You know, or, or relics. Or relics like of. Or second relic. Second, second. You know, all kinds of things. <laughs> They'd be like, um, so it touched what? What? Yeah. So, uh, but it, it is interesting, you know, uh, I don't know, people. <laughs> so I've done it, you know, now everywhere I've gone. So teach uh, us something, Father. Oh, no. What did you do last week? Well, that's what I was just trying to remember. So last week we talked about the Stations of the Cross, which, you know, okay. our Protestant brothers and sisters struggle with because they're not all in Scripture. Um. But it is this reality that in humanity, and this is what I love about Catholicism, in humanity, we have these things we do yeah, because we're human. So if there's a tragedy, like think about this, like people know where Princess Diana's car crash happened yeah, and people will go there. Mm-hmm. People know where Elvis lived. People mm-hmm. know where Martin Luther King Jr. was shot. Like we know these things. We know where JF, and we go there mm-hmm. to see the spot. Well, can you imagine who wanted to see the spots? Like where was Jesus? Like, where did he walk? Where was Pilate's house? Like, where was the tomb? Where was the cross? Like, all these things. So uh, people would just go to him, and they'd just stand there, and they'd ponder. Mm-hmm. Well, I, we can't all go to the Holy Land. So they're like, well, let's build replicas of parts of these things that are important in other places. Well, again, like, you can't build replicas of everything. And so the church is like, well, <laughs> you could just, like, have a cross and have a, a station and you can imagine, you can have a painting, you could have an image of the spot, and we could put it anywhere. Like, they could be anywhere. Yeah. And at any moment, you could walk the path of our Lord. Uh, and so, uh, the Pope in 1731, uh, Pope Clement Thirteenth, hmm. is the one who actually asked that all churches have stations of the cross in the church. So it wasn't until 1731 that they became regular things hmm. in our churches. That's why, that's what's fascinating about really old churches like St. Peter's. Mm-hmm. Um, because they, when they built it, station, you know, the stations they built in the 15th. So it's like, that wasn't like primary to a church or the confessionals, like their boxes that just sit there because the idea of confession, the way we have it today, isn't the way it was when they built the church. So they didn't build the church with, with that reality. Whereas so today, you just bring up 15 more questions, right. Father. So this is the thing. So you get all these questions. And so then I'm like, come back next week. And, and, and so then, you know, so, so the next time your Protestant friend asks, why do we have stations? Now you know. Yeah. So that's how I end it. Now you know. Now you know. Um, yeah. Well, and the other thing that, that, you know, stained glass and the stations of the cross did was for the folks that couldn't read. Right. You can't read, but you can look at something. And so you can, you can, you know, and in fact, it's interesting. So there, there's a, uh, an art historian. Oh, I just forgot her name. I feel bad. Uh, cause she's really famous anyways in, in Rome. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Whoever. And she will say Liz Lev, Liz Lev oh, is okay. her name. She will say actually modern Catholics are more ignorant 
of scripture than the people we think were ignorant. Because they maybe couldn't read the story, but they could look at a picture of a man in a fish and know exactly what that was and what it meant. Wow. So not only could they say that there's Jonah in the whale, but that's Jesus in the tomb for three days. But today, you put a picture of a fish and a man, and most Catholics would be like, Jonah maybe. You know, like, the average person isn't going to be... She's like, you do... Like, they knew what these things meant. Mm. Like, it was a different thing. Now, of course, you can always find people. But yeah, so she would argue that we're more ignorant uh, than they were. Interesting. But who knows? So I tried to encourage my parishioners to not be ignorant, to be able to learn. <laughs> um, and maybe someday, you know, sometimes, I don't know. I, I, I stopped after a while uh, at both the Newman Center and at Immaculate Conception. I don't remember why I stopped. And then I just never started. They knew everything. Back up. You taught them everything. I taught them everything. <laughs> well, because I also don't want to repeat it. So I try not, right. I, so like I, I keep a list. And so I try not to say the same thing twice. Now I probably could because the, technically the crowd might be a different crowd. Yeah. I don't know. But they're, it's endless. Like, So do they have a list of which relics are in what parish? You know, most parishes do have them and I, it's written somewhere and I can't remember where it's written. Uh, ours are really obscure saints because again, there is no relic of Mary. That's always one of my favorite right. ones to say to the kids. Like, <laughs> we don't have a relic of Mary. Yeah. Because she was assumed into heaven. Right. Because if she wasn't, we would have her, like, guaranteed. Yeah. Like, we would have, we would know exactly where Mary was. Yeah. Uh, there would be no doubt. Um, so, because our church is St. Mary, we don't have a relic of Mary. Um, so, we have some obscure saints in our altar. Well, and I still remember when they rededicated the cathedral. Right. Them putting the relics in, and I'm like, I'm not going to forget who's in there. Yep, and then you and forget. I forgot. <laughs> Normally, they keep it connected to the the person, so a relic of Saint Joseph. I think there um, were like three. Right, there were, and and I don't remember them either. For some reason, like Tres of Lisieux or something. It was somebody that I thought, oh, okay, that's oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, um, and you can also have relics though on the altar too, so not just in the stone of the altar, but you can have them up, and so there are relics in what we call reliquaries uh, of them. Um, and so I actually do have a relic over. What do you have over a relic there? Of? Um, Pius the tenth. Wow. Uh, I had to think about who it was. And over. you also have one of John Paul too, but he's it's on. Uh, loan. I know, but it's Bish- on loaner. But Bishop told me that it shouldn't be on loaner. Oh. Bishop told me I should give it in a homily when he was down there, um, and I'm still praying about it, Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> So I do have, I have one of the, the skull caps, the Zucchettos, uh of John Paul II, St. John Paul II. Um, I bought him a new one, uh, and he had the custom of switching them. So if he'd get him a new one, he would give you the one that he had on his head. Wow. Um, so I got a little card that says this Zucchetto was worn by John Paul II and given to uh, Reverend Paul Rutten. Um, well, it needs to stay with you then. Otherwise, it's not legit. Well, I know. so, <laughs> But I, I should be detached. I should be detached. So anyways, we're working on that one. So I still remind my brother it's on loan. I love uh, it. For now. I uh, I, but yeah. So all kinds of all kinds of great things in the, in the midst of it. Yeah. Um, and I really do, you know, I, I just think for us in our day and age today, we have to help our, our Catholics and our Christians have a faith that's that's 
practical Mm -hmm. in the sense that it applies to their circumstances. And yet at the same time, I I think it's got to be somewhat mystical. Yeah, there has to be room for that. Because otherwise then it's just Father Paul's seven steps to being a good Christian and you can't explain it all. And so you need grace. Like, and so it's yeah. this mystery. Like we'll, we'll argue the mystery of grace and works for the rest of our life. But at some point, God's grace has to come into this. Yeah. Um, and well, we have to open up to it, you know? And so we also have to be able to say, Lord, uh, help me. Yeah. Well, and last year, um, I was here during Lent. And you said something that has stuck with me for the last year. And it was... Um, I think you said that each priest has something pinned in their sacristy about how to go about Lent and that you had said that it said that you need to choose something that you can't do by yourself. Right. So it was, uh, we have what's called the Ordo uh, and it's the book that tells you what to do for every mass if you need to know. Right. (laughs) Um, And in it, there's a section for Lent and it said that Lent shouldn't be a time in which we pick things that we can do on our own. But we should pick things that we're going to fail at and then be reminded of our need for grace. Or if you really do do it, you know that only by God's grace. Yeah. You know, so I always use the example of anyone that's in recovery is like (laughs) clear. This was not me. Like I am not, you know, I'm not sober today because I figured it out. I'm sober today because a power greater than me has done for me what I cannot do for myself. Well, that's Christianity. Like, I can't get rid of sin. I can't overcome sin on my own. Mm-hmm. And yet we sometimes live a Christianity where we're just trying really hard to be good Christians. And instead, the Lord's like, how about you let my grace help? Yeah. Like, my grace. Like, that's what we need. Well, and he'll surprise us. I, I bring it up because this year for Lent, I chose a couple things. But one of the things I chose to sacrifice was social media. Oh. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal, you know, so I'm doing a couple other things or whatever. It's harder than I thought it would be. And the strange thing about it, so like Sundays technically aren't part of Lent, right? Yep. Of the 40 days, there's 46 (laughs) uh, between Ash Wednesday and Easter. So So you can, you know, relax your fasting or whatever it might be on Sundays. And so the last couple Sundays, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go check and see what everybody's been up to or whatever. And it's been really interesting because something I never asked for and yet God has put on my heart is that I don't enjoy it. Oh. I get on there and he's kind of, I don't know if it's him doing it. Sure. But it's kind of make, leaving a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. But it's just like, okay, so God is giving me this desire of not liking it. Mm-hmm. And I never would have thought of asking for that. Right. (laughs) Right. And that is part of Lent is this ability to be able to step back and take a a new look at the thing that I've given up. So sometimes people give something up and they never go back to it Mm -hmm. because they really do realize that it wasn't good for them or they've moved on and they're at a different place in their life Um, or they come back and they have a better sort of relationship with it. You know, so if people give up caffeine or alcohol, uh, you know. As you look at my coffee. As I look at, well, or, yeah. <laughs> this is water. I know, uh, you're better no, than No, me. no, 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 no
<laughs> and then you come back to it and you say, okay, can I reset this? Mm-hmm. And can I be at a place where instead of needing coffee all day long, I can really go with just a couple, two cups and it's fine. It's not uh, running my life anymore. Mm-hmm. Or do I just need to decide it needs to just be out of my life? Um, or I do something, you know, that, that is a positive and I keep it. Yeah. You know, so I discovered that the 10 minutes of, of quiet prayer every day that I wanted to do, I actually love it mm-hmm. and I'm not giving it up and it's not any more penance, but it's not just because I practiced and built the habit of it. It's because in God's grace, I really like, oh my gosh, this is, and then if I stop that, I'm like, this is bad. Like yeah. I need that back. Right. Um, and so it really is this opportunity for all of us in Lent to really take something out for a second to look at it and see, should it be put back in? And, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so again, you know, wherever they're at, you know, people will be like, oh my gosh, father, this has been the worst Lent ever. <laughs> well, today's a new day, you know, right? Like my today- mom, my mom has said it several times this Lent, she's like, I feel tortured enough. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, and so we do every day we have the opportunity to just say, okay, well, I'll start right now. Yeah. Um, and I'll really step up and Lord, give me the grace. Yeah. And it always amazes me. Cause like, you know, I, so one of the Bible scriptures I struggle with mm-hmm. <laughs> is when um, Jesus says, no, you forgive them 70 times seven. Yep. So to me, in my logical head, I'm like, okay, so if I've forgiven them that many times, cause that's an actual number. Yeah. Can I move on? Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, Father. Well, that's an actual number. That's not what Jesus means. <sighs> he means infinite. <laughs> and it is one of the lines that Pope Francis said early on in his pontificate. He said, it is not God who tires of forgiving us. It's we who tire of having to ask. Oh. And so that real, you know, that real change in being able to say, he never tires of this. He doesn't get tired of me. I get tired of me. Like, when am I going to get this? And it's like, well, no, it's not how it works. Uh, <laughs> I've been doing the equip class with Dr. Bergman. Oh, yes. And we're going through the Old Testament. I'm like, they are such slow learners. What is wrong with the Israelites? And what is wrong with David? And what is right. wrong? You know, and I'm just frustrated. And then I'm like, oh, oh okay. Wait. How's that plank in your eye? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, maybe they're not quite as mean. Oh, am I still learning? Like, oh my gosh. Uh, that was, uh, I've been listening to Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in a day yeah. or Bible in a year every day. Uh, and in the beginning, he's in the old Testament and it's like, so you think you had problems? <laughs> like, look at this people. Like they're, they're sleeping with the wrong people and they're doing all kinds of things. They're a hot mess. Yeah. Every, they turn around and they've got a new God and it's like, Phew. Uh, I just went up the mountain for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, and again, we're there. And, and I think again, um, you know, there, there's a line in scripture, uh, and Jesus had pity on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Yep. And I don't think that means like he like oh I pitied the fool, uh, but <laughs> like you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like I've got it. Like I'm here. Like yep. could you just? And so I tried. Like okay, Lord. Okay, Lord, you're here. Help me out. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's an it's a great life. It, it is, and so I do hope that those that listen today, you know, next time you come to church, like just pray for the grace, yeah, to know the gift of the Eucharist. Amen. It's game over. 
once you get that. Amen. Well, let's go up to Fargo. Eli has been our producer this yes. morning. And Eli, tell us what we have going on tomorrow. Yeah, thanks, Heather. I got another great show coming up for you all tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Because I Central. planned it. Well. <laughs> Sure. Sure. <laughs> well, okay, we have an interesting show coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Hosted by John and Brandon Clark, coming to you from our Fargo studios. They'll start off the show with Father Seth Go- Goglin from the Diocese of Duluth. He'll talk about praying as Jesus did. Then Sean DeKaiser, Sean DeKaiser will talk about setting aside time for God. And Father Jacob Boddicker from the Diocese of Rapid City will talk about celebrating the canonization of a beloved saint. All that and so much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. All right. Thanks, Eli. So do you know who's canonized tomorrow? No. St. Ignatius. St. Ignatius. Of Loyola. Wait. He already was canonized. No, I mean, it's the cell. Oh, okay. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like what? He's an old feast dude. Day. Okay. Well, it's not his actual feast day. It was the day he was canonized. Okay. Okay. That's okay. why I'm Whew. saying it that way. No. Okay. No, I didn't. Know <laughs> I was like, well, I've been calling him a saint for a long time. <laughs> really? I guess it should have been blessed. It's hard. Saint <laughs> and then I thought, maybe it's a different saint. Ignatius. Like, no. So, no. No. Oh, wow. So that was his. Okay. Yeah. So we're kind of focusing on prayer tomorrow. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the Jesuits they they got it figured out. Yeah. Uh, so it's worth. Did you ever contemplate other orders? Yep, I for about one minute. Uh, <laughs> no, I think every priest or every seminarian contemplates it. But I was on a vacation and I stayed with some Dominicans because Dominicans are the only. I mean, I've been taught by them, mm-hmm. Dominican sisters, and I went to St. Thomas. Uh, and then I went and lived like vacationed and stayed at their monastery, and I'm like, nope. Nope. Uh, nope. That was a nice idea. But so, so the Dominicans, if I was to have been any religious community, but. See, that's a good reminder. Yep. You do need to know that I'm not called to that. Yeah. I love them, but. And that you love all the administrative stuff you get to do. Right. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> well, Father, thanks so much for co-hosting with me. Today. Yeah. It was good to have you here. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I got the radio show. I better make Yay. sure. Yay. <laughs> Do you mind in closing up the show with a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we do give you thanks and praise for the gift of this day, especially for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, in the Eucharist. We just ask, Heavenly Father, that you may bless all of those that listen today. May they be filled with your grace and your peace and know your presence in their life. And we ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Father. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.